Hey everybody, welcome to this edition of Chopping It Up with Jimmy C. I am your host, Jimmy C. Gardner. For those who don't know me, I'm a former professional baseball player with the Chicago Cubs organization. After the conclusion of my last minor league season in Charleston, West Virginia, I was indicted, tried, and convicted of heinous crimes, largely in part of the state's star witness, discredited serology and DNA expert, Mr. Fred Zane. He falsified forensic reports and testified falsely at my trial. I was sentenced to 110 years in the West Virginia Penitentiary. I served 27 years of wrongful and false conviction before I finally proved my innocence and was granted release and liberty. Today, I'm an inspirational, motivational speaker, social justice activist, human rights activist, and mentor to at-risk youths. I'm not only free, I'm living. On today's podcast, we have a very special guest. But first, I want to remind you all to support my channels at JC Gardner Speaks. And for more information on my unbelievable life story, please go to my webpage, www.jcgardnerspeaks.com. Also, leave your review if you are moved by my story or podcast. Okay, let me introduce you to my guest. Welcome to Chopping It Up with Jimmy C. I am your host, Jimmy C. Gardner. For those who don't know me, I spent 27 years in prison for a crime that I did not commit. And now that I'm free, I'm living. On today's podcast, we have none but the illustrious, the great Mr. Richard <laughs> Shell. But first, I want to remind you guys to support my channel. Please like and share our page and make sure to sign up to get our alerts so you never miss our live show. Okay. Let me introduce you to Richard Howdershill. Rick and I go back a little bit of ways. We go back about 30 years almost. And wow. um, we go back to Moundsville, West Virginia Penitentiary. When I was serving uh, my 10-year <clears throat> sentence, my legal false sentence of 110 years, I met Rick. I tell you, I, I, I still recall our days on, on 4K10. That was our house. <laughs> I, I still recall us on the weight pile. And, oh, my goodness. I mean – the, the, the entire Mount Olive scene, because you did travel to Mount Olive with us. Am I correct? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I was there for four yeah. years and afterwards. Yeah, we went to, uh, we transferred <clears throat> in 1995. Well, the yeah. prison was condemned. And big we went, fanfare. We went to the, the new prison. You, do you remember how we got there? Cool, big fanfare. Helicopters, okay. troopers, <laughs> National Guard, the whole <laughs> You remember? I felt very special in those moments. Man, that was a ride that we took, and everybody was transferred in these big buses, these tours. And we had helicopters, the state police over our head, and it was like big tour buses going through every stoplight. We didn't stop, and we were going through little yep. towns. And I tell you, it was like we were rolling. Rolling, thunder. And they transferred <laughs> the entire prison. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we opened up Mount Olive Correctional Complex, and that was in early 1995. Man, that seems like that was uh, just yesterday. Wow. It's nice, but it's nice to have it behind us. It is nice to have it behind us. It's nice to have it behind us. Yes. You know? But I still remember it like it was yesterday. Man, Rick, it's a it's a blessing, man, to be able to, to have you here with me, man, and being able to talk to you, brother. The only thing that disturbs me at the moment is that I can't do it in, can't jump into the screen and give you a big fat hug, man. man, you know, man, man the only bro. thing that disturbs me at the moment, man. man. I feel yeah. you, bro. 
Man, yeah, it's great to see. You. It's great to see you, man. Really, we're gonna chop it up. We're gonna chop it up here. We're chopping it up with Jimmy C. Chop this thing up, man. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna go in a lot of areas, man, and and share with the, the people that we can share and let the people know, man, just how our experience was for the those um my twenty seven years. And I'm not sure how many years did you did you serve? I did fifteen on life. Fifteen on life. You've been home nineteen years. Nineteen years, man. I can't hardly believe it. You know? Oh my goodness, yeah. man. Took a- Took a lot of years to adjust, though, man. Wow, a lot man. of years. Can you share with us since you've been home? Just share with us a little bit about what you've been doing, Rick. Very, very. Um, I'm extremely active. You know, just like I was in the penitentiary, I was very yes. active in the penitentiary. Yes. Um, trying to move and shake things, you know, was always important to me. And I'm doing the same thing here. I mean, I'm in the fitness in the fitness area. I'm I'm one of the top trainers here. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, I trained uh, the heavyweight title uh, title champ, heavyweight boxing champion for his first title fight. Just got a new client. He's he's coming here to see me here in about two hours. And he's uh, he's Germany's top MMA fighter. He wants me okay. to train him for his next fight in September. You know, so that's the physical scene. Man, that's give me some names, man. Give me some names. Uh, um, Eddie is a Turkish guy, and I have no idea how to speak his last name. Uh, Eddie Davila Butulu or something like that. Yeah, I've, yeah, known yeah. Him for tw- I've known him for twenty years. Love this guy, but I still can't. <laughs> I, I, I said, look, man, I'm calling you Eddie, man, for yeah. the rest of our lives, you know, because yeah. your name, I just can't speak it out. No doubt. Yeah. And the MMA fighter that's coming here, his name is Alex Popek. Okay. Uh, I guess he's ranked number one in Germany. Okay. And he saw what I did with the boxer, and he come to me. He came to me and asked me what I could do for him, and I checked him out. Right. I, I've watched his videos, yeah. and I said, I can do a whole lot for you. I'm going right. to put you on the map. I'm going to put you on the map. Yeah, what's up, man? What's yeah, up? Yeah, so that's so that's a physical thing. What I also do, what I also do is, you know, for me, what's very important is the intellectual, the justice part of it, uh, yeah. the equality in life, yeah, and, and spirituality. Those are things that are very, very important for me. I'm I'm very hard on the truth, even if it hurts me. Even yeah. if it hurts me, I'm very hard on the truth. And uh, I'm on the streets protesting regularly. I organize for these demonstrations against this Corona fake fake pandemic i consider okay. it a fake pandemic been arrested a couple of times already at least this time i'm arrested for good things yeah, Doing good things. yeah. yeah it's something i can stand behind i don't i don't yeah. have to feel ashamed like i was back then yeah yes. yeah it's a, it's a bit different yeah i'm fighting for good things civil disobedience Act, exactly well i mean i see myself as a warrior of the light and i title myself exactly that you know okay. regularly now and i and i talk to other people about being a warrior of the light because i see this is an, an amazing time that we're living in we're living we're living in biblical times and in, in in absolutely amazing times where I really, really believe that the forces of good and the forces of evil are fighting one another. You know, I really, really do. There's a big, big, big fight there, and I want to be on the right side. Yeah, you know, on the side of you know, on the side of light and on the side of good and the side of uh, justice, and you know, that's the side I want to be on. So you know, so I'm fighting on this side all the time. You know, I'm spreading good things. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I, I study psychology. I'm a therapist, so, you know, so I work on that area too. You know, for me, it's I, I don't know. I think there's a little bit of a drive. For, for the past to try to correct the past or to, or to better my karma or to equal things out. Maybe that's something that drives me. It really doesn't matter to me because it drives me in a good way. Man, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yep. I mean, you're an example of how individuals can go through trials and tribulations and uh, be able to come home and to, to keep their lives intact and, and, and in fact, better their lives and start giving back and better others' lives. You're a great you example of that, brother. Yes. There you go. Well, I mean, I think I think you, people like you and me, and you know, we've, we've spoken about some of our other brothers that we left behind or that have also gotten out. We have an amazing treasure of information and experience that we can share with people. You know, we had to be moral in the most immoral situations, you know, imaginable. Right. And we did, and we did. You know, we we, yeah. we kept our heads and you know, and we navigated this thing. 
in such a way that you know that I can still you know still kind of look at God and say, hey, look, you know, I did my best. I'm doing my best. That's right. And I think you know right. I think people like us we did that. You know, much much props and respect to you, bro. I just want to thank you, man, for all that you do and you and continue to do good things. You're over in uh, Munich. Am I, am I correct? Munich, Germany. Yep, Munich, Germany. Yeah. Keep up the good work. I want to tell people, you know, even on the inside, you were fighting against injustice. Yeah, yep. We we definitely didn't lack any intelligence. Exactly. It was a it was a, it was a um, there was more of a fight in there because we were you know we were even less at an advantage and we had we had much more disadvantages in there. Right. In uh, there, they could lock us up at any time. They they searched ourselves at any time. It was a, you know. Yeah, anything. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, I mean, they locked me, they put me in the hole for two pencils. You know, I had two pencils at one time, and they threw me in the hole. You know, things like that happened. You know, so they put me on ad seg because I tried. You know, because I fought for the guys. You know, because he yeah. unjustly locked up twelve guys and stuff like that. You know, I find myself on ad seg. You know, and things like that. You know, so you know, but I mean, you know, look, I, you know, I believe a man. You know, a man has to have a certain amount of uh, risk. You know. Uh, uh, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, risk tolerance in life. If right. you don't, I don't, if you don't have risk tolerance in life, um, mm. you know, then then you then you live your life in fear. Yes. You know, and you don't jump out there, and you know, because lots of people you don't up there jump out there and help other people. You know, and, and lots of other people are weak. You know, they're weak. They right. don't have the, the same strength that we do. And people like you and people like me, I feel like if we have that strength, and it's a, uh, you know, then we're we're being derelict on our duties if we don't use his strength. This is a gift from God that we were given. Yes. Uh, and we're supposed to use it, you know, to help better the lives of other people, you know, ourselves and, and, and the people that live around us. Most definitely, bro. I think it's an obligation. We have a duty. We have a duty. Yeah. And yep. uh, I live with that creed. I live with that creed. We have a duty. Exactly. A duty. A duty and mission. To, to spread and share <clears throat> all of the knowledge and wisdom and information that we've uh, acquired throughout our years. There you yeah. go. We have a we have a very very identical uh, perspective on life. I, I feel like I really have a mind. I have weight on my shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Because of this. Yeah. And and it's not a matter of uh, you know I, I want to do it or I mean I do want to do it, but it's a matter of like I feel like I have to do this. Like if I don't do it, then I'm then I'm not fulfilling my purpose on this planet. So tell me, Rick, what, what where does this where does this <clears throat> come from with you? I mean, you 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 were you were raised. Am I right in Germany? No. Raised in the U.S. States? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let me give you a little. How do you get this passion, man? Tell me how you let, get this passion. There you go. Let me give you a little bit of background. <clears throat> yes. Um, I was born here in Germany um, right. to a soldier. To a soldier, I would never know. Never, never knew my father. Mm. My mom married another soldier and went to America. And two years afterwards, I came. My mom was uh, pregnant with me when she was fifteen. She had me when she just turned sixteen. Okay. And I, when I came to America, life turned a, took a, a downward spiral for me, a real downward spiral. It was 10 years of, of real violence in my life, yeah. 10 years of sexual abuse in my life. Um, the only place in the first years that I really found any kind of, uh, any kind of love you know, or, or acceptance was in the church. It was in the American church. Okay. And, uh, but, you know, I don't know, I don't know how graphic I can be on this, on your show. I don't want to be too graphic, but, uh. Because okay. I don't know if children will be watching it, but the fact of the matter is, you know, I mean, I was in Sunday school learning about, you know, uh, Jesus loves the little children, you know, uh, um, red or yellow, black and white, they're precious in the sight, the whole nine yards. Right. And, and it was it was like that in this church. It was just an amazing church. You know, I was I was like, my God, these people actually like me. Yes. You know, I, was, I, was, I was amazed by this. 
And, uh, uh, you know, so it's Sunday afternoons. I mean, I'll be, I'll be in there on Sunday getting, getting this good news of the Lord. And Sunday afternoon, some guy would pull me in the woods. And, you know, so, it was, so I grew up very, very angry, very yeah. confused, very, you know, very self-conscious, uh, very self-conscious. So, you know, I had to hide a lot of things. You know, when, when I became 13, uh, uh, my dad died on, on a very tragic accident on, on Christmas Eve, and I, and I just spiraled completely, you know, yeah. out of control. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I, I, you know, when I was a kid, you know, when I was a kid, I was beaten up by lots of white guys who called yeah. me a Nazi, you know, and I was beaten, you know, and this was, this was shortly after Martin Luther King was killed. Mm-hmm. So the racial tensions in America were very, very heavy. Yeah, and if you look at it, yeah, if you look at a picture of me when I came to America, I mean, I was like the epitome of the of the uh, of the you know like the enemy picture, you know, really white hair, really white skin, really bl- blue eyes, right. and they um, black eyes kicked the living hell out of me. I thought it was, I mean, I thought they were going to kill me a lot, often. So they, you know, so I had my I had my first introduction to racism, really heavy racism. Uh, back then, from white guys and from black guys, I had my really uh, heavy introduction to, to sexual abuse back then. And what didn't happen to me, what didn't happen to me, I didn't grow up to be a child molester or somebody who sexually abused other people. What right. I didn't, what didn't happen to me is I didn't grow up in in, in hate black people. I hate do that. You know, I went in the exact opposite direction. Um, I saw this as a kid. I saw this. As, I, I just saw the in, injustice of it. You know, I was like, why are people, I'm just me. What is wrong? I mean, I'm, I'm just German. I'm just white. I'm just this. I'm just, I'm just me. I don't harm anybody. You know, and I saw, I saw a tremendous amount of injustice, you know, on my person as a child. Right. And, uh, and this is one of the things that drives me as an adult now, because I don't want anybody to experience the things that I experience, whether it's sexual abuse, whether it's uh, racial abuse, whether it's physical abuse. And I don't care from who it stems. I don't care if it's yeah. whites on blacks, blacks on whites or whatever. I, I just don't care. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And and I tell you, man, um, you're a survivor, courageous. I mean, I mean, I'm just like I said, I'm honored, brother, to be your friend uh, and to have you on on, on the show, chopping it up with Jimmy C, because a lot of a lot of young folks out there need to hear our testimonies. I I thank you for sharing that. And and hopefully you'll touch a young one's heart and young one's mind. You know, we never know when or where what we say or do will affect someone. But we want to be we want to just be capable of, of, of giving the information or providing the experience and letting individuals be able to just receive it. And I, and I really thank you for that, brother. Jimmy, I am so glad to be here. It's like I told you before, you know, for me, I've, I've written you a number of times. I've seen you. I, I oh, yeah. you said, it's an honor. You know, to have you, in, you know, as my friend. You know, it's an yeah. honor to have you as my friend. You know, I look at you as one of those one of those shiny beacons on the planet. Not Thank in my you. life. I look at you as one of the shiny beacons on the planet. Really do. Thank you. Bro. And uh, you know, people like you and me. You know, people like hello. Uh, excuse me. Uh, people like you and me. Um, we're an example of the ripple effect that one person can have. Yeah. I look back. I look back in my in my in my past. You know, and, uh, you know, I don't really. Maybe I shouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. My grandfather was not a good person. You know, he did a lot of bad things. You know, physical, sexual, did a lot of bad things. And you see, you know, the ripple effect that it had on the on on his kids and on the next generations and next generations. So you see the ripple effect that one one bad person can have. Yeah. But the but the but the other side of the coin is true as well. You, me, 
some of the brothers that we still have out there. You right. know, the ripple effect that we're having in a positive sense is crazy. It's amazing and it's wonderful. You know, yeah. and this is what this is our this is our duty. Thank you, brother. Thank you. <laughs> I tell you, I'm I'm um, I'm just man honored to be able to, to share the space with you, brother, because uh, I know the struggle. <clears throat> and Mm -hmm. and we've been chosen, I believe, by God to go through so, so much so we can be the, 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 the leader, the leaders, the individuals that are out front that are actually equipped to give yeah. the information and to let and show their experience and, and, and provide the positivity for the individuals. You know, we, absolutely. We, the goal. <clears throat> now we can look back down that road and see from whence we came. That's amazing. That's an amazing opportunity. Well, it's like I said before, before we even got online here, I said, you know, you grow up and you, and you look at the past, you look at the injustice, you look at the bad things that happened, you, you have pain, you have sorrow, you have anger, you have whatever. And recently, uh, recently, especially recently, I stood up and I looked back, you know, in my mind's eye on everything that happened to be, you know, yeah. and considered everything that's happening right now and what kind of a person I am and the kind of effect I'm having. It's just amazing. I'm, I'm on interviews and live streams and everywhere, every other day. And I'm having an amazing amount of effect, positive effect on people. And now I look back, you know, in, in, and I look back and suddenly in me, everything went down. And I, and I gained an amazing uh, sense of peace inside. You know, because, right. you know, basically what God did is told me, he said, everything that you ever went through was necessary for you, to, for you to become the tool that I needed you to be. That's right. You know, and that's what you are right now. And that's what you are. You know, I mean, you know, you're, you know, you're praising me a lot over there. And I'm sitting here looking at this guy who did 27 years in prison for a crime that he didn't commit. And I'm just like, he's praising me. <laughs> I mean, speaking on the penitentiary, man, I, I want to share a little bit of, of our experiences on the inside with, with the folks yeah. out in the audience, man. And, um, and, and like I said, I came in and, and, and um, I actually got in there in 92. And I believe yeah. it was January 92. But mm -hmm. um, you came in in 91. By the time we met, you know, I mean, working out was uh, that was a way of life. We stayed Have on the weight piles. We stayed on the weight piles. We stayed staying yeah, yeah. mentally, physically, and spiritually, keeping ourselves in classes and keeping our minds going and and making sure we're getting what we need as far as food and that's yeah. food everything, either physical, mental, and spiritual. There you go. Can you share a little bit about uh? When you first came into uh, Moundsville, West Virginia Penitentiary, you can, can you go back if you remember those days? Share yeah, a little. Well, I mean, when I came over to when I came over to Moundsville, uh, I had already done four a little bit over four years in Maryland in the Maryland penal system, mm -hmm. uh, and I called I called it the jungle because it was just it was a lot it was even crazier than Moundsville was. It was really really violent, very very unpredictable. And so when I came into Moundsville, it was it was kind of interesting when I came into Moundsville because I was really jacked. You know, yeah. I walked up in there, and I remember like months later, people told me, said, yeah, man, you, you came in here, you was like really jacked. Yeah. I said, well, look, you know, I mean, I was going through, I was like, you know, right. you know, I had everything in my eyes, and I was like, you know, I was like ready to spring and ready to jump and do a two-piece yeah. two some two piece somebody. I was ready to do whatever I had to do. Yeah. So I already had like four or four and a half years in, you know, over there. When I came into Moundsville, I remember coming there, and I know this. I know this term is going to mean something to you. You had a lot of windshield therapy while I was going from to, from Maryland to West Virginia. Yeah. You know, I explain this to people out here. I tell, I said, you know, when you when you sit in cells for many many years, I said, and all of a sudden you got to go to a doctor. All of a sudden you have to go to a to a court or something. You yeah. sit in a car. All I said, right. and you're like glued you know, to the window. <laughs> seeing a, you're, exactly. you're looking at women. You're looking at trees and dogs and kids and cars and you know. Yeah. You know, just trying to soak everything in, you know, and uh, and I remember the, the ride over and I remember stopping before Moundsville and I was like, 
okay, why are we stopping? And I looked out the other side of the window and I, I was like, okay, what is this? Yeah. And then when they let me out, I walked out and I looked at this thing and I was just like, I looked at the two cops that brought me there. I looked at them and I said, I said, let the madness begin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, and we walked in, you know. Big dungeon, man. We, we, it was really. Big it dungeon. Was they crazy. Call it, they call it the walls. Yeah, new walls and old walls. You know? Yeah, the walls. Yeah. And that's the name of Moundsville, West Virginia Penitentiary. Do you but, remember the rats and the roaches? Woo! <laughs> man. They I'm were dinosaurs, about, weren't they? I'm talking about rats that were big. They were dinosaurs. They don't believe me when I tell them about that. These idea. rats were huge. Yes. They don't believe me. I tell them and they're like, and they look at me I'm like, okay, Rick. I'm talking about, I'm talking about maybe two feet, huge. three, two feet long rats. It was crazy. And, and thick. Uh, I, I mean, I remember, like possum. I remember they used to jump out from underneath the wall where the, where the uh, training area was yeah. and grab doves. Yeah, grab doves. They, they were actually out and grab grab take yeah. I was like, "This is crazy!" I'm like in a dinosaur movie or something. <laughs> now you remember? You remember those big rats would come under the toilet, also. I remember Vinny. I remember Vinny. He was on four, and he, I remember him screaming one day. Yeah, Vinny, Vinny Myers. <laughs> yeah, Vinny Myers. I remember him screaming yeah. one day. You know, and the next day we found out that you know, I don't know, a rat came up and bit him on his. <laughs> <Damn>. <sighs> I mean, I mean, we were in a very infested place, man. We was very infected. In fact, the prison yeah. was, I guess it was condemned in, in 12 what? years. 89? 82, I think is when it was condemned. 81 or 82 was condemned. We were in there 12 years while I was condemned. Wow. Um, yeah, 12 years. I'll tell you, you know, when I look back, you know, the first year, the first year I was in jail in, right. in, in, in general, I was a, they put me in Supermax the first year. Okay. And the first year, I didn't see a single ray of sunlight. You know, I came out of there. You know, you mentioned a possum before. That's the way I, I came out of this place. I came out of there looking like an opossum. I mean, I couldn't even, I couldn't keep my eyes open when I went outside and everything. Yeah, and we would look at this and we would call it inhumane treatment today. We would, we would call it. But I tell you, man, I, I tell you, you know, I look back and I'm like, that's exactly what I needed. I needed this to shake me awake. You know, to shake my soul awake. You know, I, I, yeah, I really did. You know, yeah, I mean, I, I can I can speak against it, whatever. But the fact of the matter is, I needed this 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 slap on the face from God. You know, to, to kind of like you know, look look at where you're at. Look yeah. how you look what you've you know your decisions. Look how they got where they got you. <laughs> you're sharing your testimony and experiences. That's that's a wonderful thing, brother. I feel like I have an obligation, man. You know, yeah. and I th you know what I mean. You know, maybe you know, and I don't see it so much on your end. You know, because you know, like I said, you know, you were in there unjustified. You know, you were in there for for things that you didn't even do. Yeah. Um, I did bad things. Yeah, you know, I did bad. I was eighteen when I did this. You know, you know, I shot a guy and killed a guy. Very unjust. Very unjust for me. Um, if I could go back, I would change it all. You know. Yeah. However, I wouldn't change the fifteen years in the prison. I wouldn't do that. Because it made me who I am. It, it, you know, I, I turned into the person I am. You know, so I look back and I and I look at us now, and I'm like, you know, for me, you know, there's a, there's a certain obligation that I have to try to right some wrongs that I did in the past, to try to, you know, to try, you know, I, I spread a lot of darkness into the world way, way back then. And yeah. what I want to do is I want to try to balance that out, you know, you know, with goodness today, you know, with light and, and helping people. You, know, I mean, you remember how I was in the penitentiary? That was, yeah. Yeah, I tried to do the same. I trained people, and I, you know, yeah. I was, you know, and, and you mentioned before, you mentioned something, and this is one of the things that binds you and me dramatically together, because you talk about the three, the three aspects of the human being: the body, the mind, and the spirit. The spirit. And yeah. most people, most people neglect at least one part of that. One without the other. At least. 
imbalances. Imbalance. Everybody's imbalances. It's his yeah. imbalance, you know? Yeah. Uh, and when I would, I would go into church, you know, and these guys would be down, I would say, hey, it's great that you're here, but, you know, you need to work on the rest of yourself. There what do you is. mean? What do you mean? I said, your intellect and your body, look at your body, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is a vessel from God. This is, a, this is something that God gave you. It's a, it's a, it's a gift. It's a gift. Yeah, and I would go on the power. I would go on the weight power. I would say, "Look, man, you, you look great, man. You're strong, strong, Jesus. Right. You, know, you should work on the rest of you. What do you mean? You know, yeah. well, your mind and, and your soul and your spirit, yeah. man. Yeah. You know, and then I would go. Then I would go to the to the university or uh, college course, and I'd say, "Wow, you're really, it's really amazing how smart you are. But you need to work on the rest of yourself, man. Right. <laughs> so, and you're one of the few people that have, who got the balance and who got everything in it, bro. It was a way of life, man. And um, mm-hmm. my, my my upbringing." Family support. You had an amazing family. I want to. I want to tell you when I first came into the walls. When I, I when I saw that big big castle, <laughs> when they had me at the gate, and I saw that big castle, all I could do was just look back and look up at this big castle that I was about to go into. And once I went in, yeah, I, I mean, it was like I was Very. in a world. Fair, like Very. it was a, a, a mind altering experience completely surreal very surreal and i noticed as soon as i got yeah. in i know we're, we're dealing with a lot of racial issues out here today in, in, in our world yeah, yeah. as soon as yeah. i went in oh my goodness yeah. i mean it was it, it was very very uh it was very bad you had different groups uh, like we were talking you had the ab you had the ab you had clan you had you had different groups you had a lot of different yeah. groups a lot of different uh hate groups and a whole lot of different exactly. uh, individuals trying to belong to something and just fit in. Immediately, I, I know I saw you when I first came in and we and we, we, we got to talk, but I didn't see you again to another probably 15, about 16, 17 months. Yeah, I don't know if you yeah. know that. <laughs> but it was a lot of time. It was yeah, long you disappeared, time. man. You disappeared. I disappeared. <laughs> Where's I Jimmy? <laughs> Uh, I went to lockup. I went to punitive segregation yeah. for for a two yeah. year period, yeah. and um, and I tell you, uh, man, I went over to North Hall. That that's what was lockup. North yeah. Hall was actually lockup. It was worse on North Hall than it was in Mainline or or yeah, of course PNR or anything. Those are those yeah. are areas of the prison. Yeah, yeah. But to have officers with shotguns and you know that was a stabbing almost every week. I mean, yeah. yeah. It was a very uh, different world from mainline to to uh, on lockup. It was two different worlds in that prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. And yeah. man, I went through those days and 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 being able to just withstand all of the negativity and mentally stronger and on point. It's a blessing. And we went to Mount Olive. You know, I earned three degrees while inside, and I, and I continued to take classes. And I know you were taking classes also. What, what, yeah, are some, got, what are some of the classes you took while you were there, Rick? Well, I got a degree. I got a bachelor's degree. Um, and I, I ended up with my bachelor's degree. I ended up making up onto the, the national dean's list. I had one of the highest grade point averages awesome. of any university in awesome. America. It was like 0.001% of the students or something. You know, and I got one. You know, I got a big bog, a book with my biography and everything in it. You know, I got a placard at the house, you know. I got an engineer's license. I got a computer license. Uh, I ended up teaching my own courses and giving seminars. And yes. you know, I was just really, really active. You know, I just, I tell you, you know, I, I didn't have much fear while I was in the penitentiary. I really didn't. I didn't fear getting raped. I didn't feel getting, fear getting killed. I was like, you know, if whatever happens, happens. Okay. I'll do my best to survive it. 
Right. Uh, but the one thing I did fear, Jimmy, and the one, my biggest fear in there was to have to go, you know, do however much time I had to do. And then at the end of it, you know, stand there and look back upon his time and have to admit that I was just threw out at the window, that it was wasted. You know, we saw plenty of guys in there who did exactly that. The only thing they did, they got up every morning, did, ate the breakfast, lifted a little bit of weights, played cards all afternoon. And stuff. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow, how do they think, how do they feel about themselves when they're 50? You know? Um, you know, because that's wasted time. It's a time you're, you're you're here once. You know, we have a chance. We have one chance to make our mark. We have one chance to do something. You know, uh, that that means something. That you know, to have some kind of a meaning for life. Yeah. And, and they just throw it out the window. You know, they just for nothing. You know, and I, and that's one of the things I you know, I, and I see it as a blessing from God that you know that like people like you and me, you know, we had that energy from within. Yeah. You know, and we and we supported each other like crazy in there. You know, and uh, you know, up, uplifted each other. And I think it was a um, you know, and that was a God-given, you know, God-given situation, you know, that, you know, you know, at least we got together, you know what I mean? At least came, you know, good guys came together, you know, so, and I see that even now, you know, I, was, I just uh, recently, I, I, I mentioned earlier, I, I, I uh, trained a, trained a title holder and a heavyweight boxer right. uh, here first. Well, I was at, I was in his corner at the fight and after the fight, I was back at my stand where I was presenting my books. Right. And some young young guy came over. He was about twenty six. He came over and he looked at me. and said, "Look, man." He said, uh, "He said I'm a twenty six year old guy." He said, uh, "What what would you tell me is important in life? Yeah. What would you say is important for me to?" I said, "Look for meaning in your life. That's right. Look for meaning. Look for a meaning. Look for a reason to get up every single day." Yeah. I said, "And I'm not talking about you know you get up on Monday and say, oh man, I can't wait till Friday till the work's over because Friday and Saturday we drink and party." I said. Not that. That's not meaning in life. I said that's that's jumping from pleasure pleasure point to pleasure point. I'm talking about meaning, deep seated meaning in your life. You know, you help certain people. You have a certain certain thing that drives you. Know, you know, I help the old people, or or or, or I help mentally uh, mental people that are mentally uh, handicapped, or or I work in this. You know, some kind of a justice work. Some kind. Of, well, I'm a, uh, I'm in the church and and I'm doing social work or whatever. You know, find a reason to get up every morning. Find a reason. You know, something that you know that makes makes it worth having been on the planet today and tomorrow and the next day. Man, great yeah. advice. Great advice, yeah. young man. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, brother. I think and, it's very important. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we ran across some of the same guys inside, man. We, we had some, some real good friends in there, man. Um, and uh, some of those guys get out and some of the guys are still in. You know, yeah. talk about Maurice. You know, he's ah. made it out. You know, talk about a lot of guys that made it out, but we know. We still got a friend inside, man, Looster. Share, share yeah. with me, man, about Looster, man. That's our man. dude. Yeah, I get tears in my eyes. That's our dude. That's our dude right there, Looster, man. He's been in, in since 81, yeah, yeah, 1981. He's been in for a crime that he didn't commit. Yes. I have uh, I have the uh, confession uh, of the true murderer. Uh, I have it on my – I have it out of the year. I have it on my on – my, I scanned it in. I have it. Send it to a number of people, and it's and it's a tragedy of justice. And I'm going to send it. To, I'm going to send it to the to the White House, and you know, just blind and hope that something happens. Yes, you know, because it's a tr it's, it's a real tragedy of justice when you know right. something happens, like you know, like to you or like to him. It's you know, I, I believe in. I believe we need a penal system. We need judges. We need prosecuting attorneys. We need jails. Yeah. You know, because you know, the fact of the matter is, I needed to be pulled out of traffic back then. I really, really needed to. But when you, when you see the system being misused, whether it's for racial reasons or whatever, you know, whether it's for political reasons, I, you know, the, the elections next year, and I have to have a good conviction. So, you know, you know, when I see stuff like that, I'm just like, you know, you know, how how 
how cheap are we as as people, you know, that we sell our souls and sell sell, you know, the lives of other people, you know, just for personal gain, for a small personal gain. I just, you know, it makes me, you know, it makes me sad, you know. But Bruce is a, you know, Bruce is one of those guys, you know, he's been in prison doing his own thing, going to school, training, minds his own business, has a good heart. He doesn't, he doesn't roll up on anybody, you know. He does his own thing, you know, and and yeah, he's a good dude. He has a good heart, you know, and you know, I'd love to sit on the on the balcony with him, you know, and, and look out over a field. Yeah. Uh, with a with candle you know, with a candle between us and some music, you know, and maybe even have a glass of wine in my hand, you know, and just have a good conversation over the past. But uh, you know, the penal system is such that you know, and, and I think you're going to be able to confirm this. I said, you know, I've told people I said the penal system is a web, you know, so it's just like the the, the spider web of a, of, a, of a black widow. I said once you're involved in it, it's very very difficult to get sure. out of this web. Whew. It's very difficult. Wow. Very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and you're a primary example of it. You know, I mean, yeah. Uh, Bruce has been in for almost forty years. You know, right. uh, you know when I look when I look at that, I'm just like, you know, honestly, honestly, I I don't know how he would adjust anymore. Yeah, you know, after forty, I just don't know how he would be. You know, because it took me after fifteen years a crazy this adjustment phase. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. I had real, real tough tough times. Real, you know, breakdowns and depressions and, and and nightmares and you know lots of lots of crazy stuff you know it took a lot of time so i just wonder how how it would be for him you know after 40 years you know how he would adjust you know i tell you man that's that's our friend we're talking about uh mr bruce mm-hmm. thomas mm-hmm. Uh, we call him looster looster yeah looster's out of pa pennsylvania mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. Uh, and and you know i i've, I've talked with i talked with looster for the past 20 something years He's one of the last guys I, I talked to about before I left, encouraging him to keep his head up and just keep moving forward, man, and never give up. He he he's the embodiment of, of what I said before, you know, about finding uh, a meaning in life. But so I was talking to some people, just matter of fact, just this afternoon, they were here, you know, I'm in this office here. I was talking to them. They asked me about it, about prison. I said, look, there are two things that are very, very important in the penitentiary in order to survive it mentally and spiritually. I said, I said, uh, I said, one of the things is to have the reason to get up every single day, every day. and a routine. Woo. You have to have a routine. Get Woo. yourself a routine. Get that thing. You know, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Hey, look here. You know what I'm talking about. This affirmation. We, you mm-hmm. blowing them away right now, man. Because mm-hmm. I know they hear me talk about routine and having, you a, go. having a will, having there something to get back to, but waking yep. up every day with that routine. I started prayers. I went off into working on my, my legal case, law library, doing my classes, put, getting in my, my, my reading, getting yeah. in my, 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 my work. You know, we had jobs with the little yeah. job I did. Going from there, getting yeah. you, you have to have a daily routine. There you go. It, it has to be mentally, physically, and spiritually. And you exactly. have to do it every day. It becomes almost normal. It becomes normal. You, you have, have to. to think about it. You have to. What is the what is the alternative? When you have a life sentence, what is the alternative? What do you do? Do you do you do you spend every single day mourning about you know what you're losing? I mean, you can't, you can't do that because you kill yourself. You kill yourself. You know, and, I saw, and I saw those guys kill themselves. You know, and, I, and I said, I'm not doing this. I said, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, I've already I've already spread enough darkness in the you know and I, and I you know into into the world. And one of the things I also said, I said I, I could never do this to my parents or my mom. Yeah. If I killed myself now, gee, at Christmas, you know, that on top of it, that's like. Pfft, yeah. So, you know, we have a responsibility to other people. Yes. But, but yet it's uh, just getting up every day and finding a reason to live and, and, and getting your routine in order you know, and setting yourself small goals and big goals. Yeah. Very important. Very important. And it's just as important inside as it is outside. Yes, you know? it is.
Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Rick, because people need yeah. to hear that. They need to hear that. Yeah, very important. Individuals need to know that you have to be on point with what that purpose is and how you're going to attain it and what you're going to do it on, from a daily a daily perspective to get to where you're trying to get to. There you, you go. You have to be on point. There's no room for error. No, no. Yeah, we watched for years individual walk around in dazes, highly medicated. You'll have individuals running to the peel line all day, morning, noon, and night. And, you know, they're walking around like zombies. You'll have individuals just drinking coffee all day, playing cards all day, and that's all they're doing. Some form mm -hmm. of gambling, some form of doing something, you know, negative or negative indulgence. And and you, we watched that for decades. I watched it for decades. Yep. yep. But also, I don't the opposite side, the, the individuals that took the classes, that program to get themselves mm -hmm. in better positions, to put yep. themselves in, in the best position to keep themselves mentally, physically, and spiritually in shape and healthy. There you go. There and, you go. And that's the individuals I, I kind of stay close to. Yeah, well, I mean, I think what you know, we gravitate towards those people inside that we identify with. Sure. Uh, you saw, you saw people. You know, you saw the criminals gravitate with each other. You saw, you saw the white guys that identified as white persons. You know, identified black guys. You know, I'm a black guy. You know, they, they, you know, the Christians kind of congregated. And I noticed that people like you and I, we kind of get together. People that were like, you know, that had this energy to move forward in a positive way. You know, and whether it was, you know, it didn't matter what direction it was, you know, and I, and I noticed that we kind of gravitated, gravitated together, you know, you, me, uh, Maurice, uh, Bruce, yeah. uh, so many other people, so many people other. you know, uh, yeah, we had so, such a positive direction in life, you know, and obviously, you know, I didn't want anybody dragging me down, you know, I mean, I could, I can give people a lot of energy, but yeah. by the same token, I didn't want people in my life that were, that were going to drag me down because we were in a situation we did, we couldn't afford that. We can't afford to be drugged down in there. That's right. Yeah, you know, you can't afford. You have to stay up there. You have to stay up here, and you have to stay mentally strong, and you have to you have to keep your focus, and you know, and make sure you you know, in order to make life worth living every single day. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna throw a name out there, you know, because you were talking about guys, you know, walking around in a trance and and so forth. I'm gonna throw a name out there, and I'm, I'm it's gonna be interesting to see if you remember Casey. You remember Casey, black guy named Casey? Oh yeah, he did the uh, network. Yeah, I remember the first years I was at the, at Moundsville. I mm -hmm. met him up there. Uh, very nice guy, really nice. Hey, Casey. And he looked at me and was like, hey, hey. And went on. Yeah. They had him on medication the first couple years I was there. Yeah. And he walked. I mean, he took steps, you know, like, you know, like these six-inch steps, looking yeah. at the ground, going very, you know, it took him forever to get to the chow hall. And I remember walking past him all the time just thinking, gee, Chris, he's totally, totally in another world. Yeah. And at some point, I don't know what happened, yeah, he, stopped. Yeah. he stopped. He yeah. stopped. He stopped. And Casey looked at me. And I was like, Casey. He was like, Rick. Yeah. You know, we got to talk. And he told me, he, he said, man, Rick, he said, uh, I didn't realize what was going on with me. He said, I was walking around for years completely. I said, in a trance. I said, yes. I said, I didn't know that there was another Casey underneath of there. I said, I'm, I'm just totally flabbergasted. I'm having an intelligent conversation very with you right now. Very intelligent. Yeah, very intelligent man. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh. You know, and, and likable man, just a very nice person. Oh yeah. And, and I was like, when I saw, I was like, holy crap! I said he was like a zombie in here. He lost a number yeah. of his years walking around, totally whacked down on whatever drugs they were giving him. Exactly. Um, yeah, I remember I had I had skin problems and I had really bad skin problems in there. Yeah. And uh, you know the itching and stuff. You know, it was nervous. You know, nerves and stuff. And and they gave me they gave me some medication a couple of times. Uh, one time it was like Benadryl, and the other thing it was like Adderax. And I remember I walked down, I was like. 
like this. Yeah. I went back up the next day. I said, that's it. I said, I'm not, you know, yeah. I said, that's it. And they were like, yeah, but you have to. I said, I can't, I said, I can't walk around in this penitentiary like that. No. I said, I can't walk around in this penitentiary being, being, you know, halfway here and halfway there. I said, you know how quick I'll get a knife in my back in here. Yeah. Yeah. I said, this is no joke. I don't know if you, you remember our, our good friend, John Moss the third, man. Oh man. I remember Moss a lot. Yeah, John. Yeah. John passed away this January after forty years in inside. Yeah. You know, I, I, I saw that. That was just a. Yeah, that was that was tough. You know, we had very tough. We had him a lot of help, man. He was getting a lot of help from the New York Innocence Project, West Virginia Innocence Project, Georgetown uh, law students, a lot of different organizations. I mean, he had it moving forward, and um, you know, his untimely mm -hmm. death. January 2020 was, was a shocker to us all. I just got off the phone with him that night about 7.30. Yeah, and he passed the next morning like maybe about 7, 7 o'clock. I tell you, you know, I look at I look at guys like that, you know, on the one hand, I'm like, you know, you know, I'm saddened in my heart that he spent so many years in there and, and spent, you know, and, 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 and had to, you know, had to live like that. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, with his death, you know, I'm saddened that he had to, you know, his last thought, his last thing that he saw was in the penitentiary. Saddens me too. Um, but by the same token, yeah. I thank God that you got him out of there. Thank you that he got him out of there. Thank you for, for releasing him, finally. Yeah. And tough. Yeah. Yeah. Brought him back to Cleveland, had his service. And uh, I tell you, man, we, um, I tell people, man, it's like a family, man. You, yeah. Cheers yeah. with good men. And there you go. There you so go. Didn't happen to pass away, and you know, that's your family member just passed away. But that's why you know I'm so thankful to be able to tell the story today, man. We have voices for them, and we are voices. exactly. We have to be a voice for the voiceless. Yeah, that's our duty. That's yeah. what makes it even that much more rewarding. Yeah. To do what what we do, man. I'm, I'm thankful for you, brother. And, but when uh, you when you told me, you know, I was in the middle. I wasn't in the middle, but I was towards the end. I was towards the end of my first book. Yeah. And uh, and I remember I wrote you and I said, look, I said, I want, you know, I want you to be one of the guys that this book is dedicated to, you know, because you, you know, you're one of those guys out there shining light and doing such good things. And I said, you know, and, and I want to honor and praise that. Um, you know, and I remember you wrote me back where, you know, you, know, you were very honored about it. And so we had, you know, we had a little bit of an exchange there. And I remember I mentioned Mohawk, you know, uh, John McLaurin. I remember. Yeah, he passed away also. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was there. Um, when the health began to deteriorate, but um, it's a lot. We we lost a lot of men. Yeah, a lot of, men. A lot of good. Men. Yeah, it was just you know, like afterwards, you know, there's so many people that you know afterwards the you know guys that got out and didn't make it, um, you know, they end up uh, you know dying, whatever, some other you know, by being shot up by the police, by you know, swallowing an eight ball because they were afraid to get caught with it, so they swallowed and had burst open and blessed yep. or bursted the heart and so forth. You know, uh, or Wayne, you know, that was found in a uh, hotel room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with a hole in his head. With a hole in his head. You know, those are situations where you know, that's why. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things that why it makes me so. You know, you know, I have an amazing amount of joy in my heart. You know, when I'm in contact with you, when I'm, you know, when I have a conversation with Maurice, you know, we'll have a we'll have a video conference every now, a video video conversation. Yeah, you know, and, and I tell him, I said, you know, and, I, and I'm getting messages from lots of people that I did time with. Yeah. Wow, but now, man, I remember you. And yep. I, you know, I'm building them up, and I'm like, man, I'm just so happy to hear from you, and I'm so happy to see this, to see this smiling face that I see right there, and for you to be telling me I'm doing good, man, I'm doing good. Yeah. You know, this is this is what I want to hear from everybody that I did time with. Yeah, you know? 
And I want to hear you're doing good. I want to hear you're out. You, know, you have a kid. You have a child. You have a wife. Whatever. Yeah. And you're doing good. This is this is you know what my heart yearns for. You know. Man, you know? I feel that man, and I tell you, brother, yeah. it's uh, it's such a blessing. Yeah. yeah. People always ask me, why, well, why aren't you angry? I would have hatred for those for those West Virginia. Yeah. People. I tell them, I said, yeah. well, you know, I I can't get caught up in hatred because that would only, yeah. would only cause me to deteriorate from the inside out. And, and, and I can't allow that to, to rule my life. I have, to, I have to move forward and look at the, the, the blessings and all the day and just be thankful that, that I've made it out because to, to, mm-hmm. today and tomorrow is not promised to us, man. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're fortunate. We're, we're blessed to be able exactly. to be home and with there our family and loved ones and not be behind those bars, man, going there through, you go. There you go. through count time, child time, mm-hmm. going through individuals' <laughs> shakedowns. Having to be, be in such horrific conditions, yeah. and, and I mean, it's it's just uh, it's deplorable. You know, in prison, healthcare is terrible, water is terrible, yeah. you know, everything the, is. The conditions yeah. are terrible, and then you got yeah. this COVID nineteen now, and what yeah. is I mean, and people in prison they're subjected to, I mean, literally just just death, man. It's it's it's, yeah. it's real bad. It's a really, real suffering situation, yeah. yeah. Really, really bad. We've been blessed, man. You know. All praise is due to the Most High. We've been Absolutely. in a position to, to come home and to continue to gravitate in a positive direction mm-hmm. and to be a, a, a light. You say you're a warrior. A, a warrior. Absolutely. Warrior of the light. Yes, sir. Warrior of the light. light. Yes. Yeah. Man, I love that. You like that, isn't it? Man, I love it. <laughs> you, and me shoulder, you and me shoulder to shoulder, bro. Ooh, I love that, man. Yeah. We're, a cu- we're a couple thousand miles away, but that doesn't matter in spirit. We're, we're, uh, we're united. We're doing, yes. the same type of, we're doing the same type of work, just yeah. on different sides of the Atlantic right now. Man, I'm you so you, Trying to clear people up on what, you know, on, you know, to treat each other correctly. You're trying to clear injustices up. Uh, trying to, you know, fighting for justice, fighting for what is right, spreading light, spreading good news and, and good vibes, you know, and and it's funny because, you know, you mentioned this a little bit ago why, you know, people ask why you're not angry. You know, my girlfriend asked me this a little bit ago. She said, why are you so, you know, because she's, she has, she, you know, every now and then she has a depressive state or so forth. You know, she was like, why are you so, why are you so up and why are you so positive? I said, you know, I said, baby, I said, um, I said, when you've been all the way to the edge. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I said, when you've been all the way, when you've got these classification papers in your hands where, where it says, you know, your sentence is life and your, and your expiration date is death. Yeah. I said, when you've been all the way at the bottom, you know, you know, when you've been in seg- administrative segregation in maximum security penitentiary, and you realize, you realize there's one more level I can go down right now, and that's yeah. the grave. When you realize that, I said, I said, you wake up out here, I said, you go out in the sun shines, and you're like, and you have a smile on your face because you're like, the sun is shining, yeah. it's warm. You know, uh, I I can go to the refrigerator and get a get a get a glass of milk right now if I feel like it. Yeah. I said, you know, I said, uh, I said, people don't realize what they have out here. I said, uh, I said, you know, they spend so much time being being pissed off and yeah. and and angry about what they don't have that they forget to be happy about what they do have. Right. They forget it. Yeah. You know, and, uh, well, I, I have a question for you, man. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. How was it? How was your first day or first two days? Or how, how was the first time? What's your impressions? What, what, how, how was it for you? I tell you, my first day home, April first, I was with my family. Man, I walked out of uh, I walked out of the jail. I walked out of uh, what is it called? South Central Regional Jail in cool. West Virginia. I walked out to my to my family. Man, we hugged and cried. 
and and I, we went and we went to the hotel and we had a party. And cool. from that party, we went on to to Virginia to my sister's home and we had more parties. And that <laughs> party kept going on. But but in my situation now, as soon as I got released, the state of West Virginia, they decided to retry me. So so my really? party, oh yeah, they they decided to retry me on all charges. So I had to to leave my family after about uh, not even a week and drive back to West Virginia to, to stay at my my attorney's uh, attorney Robert Robert uh, Patterson Dunlap worked on my case preparing for trial for five months. Until my DNA expert came in and testified at a pre-trial hearing, and it was about maybe two or three days away from trial, and the prosecution dropped all charges with prejudice, and that's September 7, 2016. That's when all charges were gone. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you think about that, you know, it's evening Christmas, man. Yeah. Jesus. It's, uh, it's, it's been a long, still in civil litigation. I'm three years in the civil litigation. Oh, Okay. Yeah. yeah, you need. You, yeah, I think you know. I think some retribution needs to come for this. So there definitely needs to something. You know, twenty-seven years. You know, people have asked me about you know, year, you know, about years in prison. I said, look, I said, you, you know, how do you put a price on that? How do you put a price on your life? Yeah, you can, you can, you can do the best you can to try to maybe you know, kind of you know nullify, not nullify, but reduce the the damage and reduce the pain. But yeah. I said, uh, I said, but you've lost. You know, Jimmy has lost a quarter or a half of his life. You know, not a quarter, but a third of his life. Third. You know I mean, yeah. you know, a third of his life. I'll be 54 first. And that yeah. was Wednesday. And I went in. I went in. I did 27 years in there. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So how do you, how do you, how do you um, compensate that? You know I mean? How do you put a, uh, how do you put a, a, a monetary value on, on a year of your life? For the first day I got out. Okay. I uh, arrived here. I had two agents with me, one left and one right that flew right. with me. Um, right. I got on. I came into the Frankfurt Airport. And it's the, it's the last story in my book, as a matter of fact. It's called Close Encounter, and okay. the reason it's called Close Encounter because it was a close encounter with my death. All the passengers went, you know, went this way, and we went this way. We went another way when we got out. When we landed here in Frankfurt, uh, we went to this special door. Went in, you know, the door. Bzz, you know, we went through, and it was a uh, it was basically the Border Patrol of Germany. Wow. And uh, I was standing there and I was watching, you know, just kind of like, you know, how should I say it? I was, uh, I was pretending like I wasn't watching, but I was watching how they were talking, how we interacted with each other. You know, we learned how to read body language in it. Sure. You know? yeah. sure. So I watched and you know, I just kind of looked over and kept looking at this map on the wall. But I kept looking over there at them and I saw them looking at it like, yeah, mm-hmm. yes. Wow. <sighs> you know, this kind of stuff. And I was like, conversation seemed to be going in a bad direction. I don't know. <laughs> You know, but you know, who cares? I'm free. You know, the only thing, you know, I mean, I served my time and done with it. You know, and then I wanted a border patrol guy comes out. He he looks at me, says, uh, "Mister," uh, he, he says, "I need to talk to you." I said, "Yeah." He said, uh, "He said, he said, normally in very normal situations, he said, when somebody commits a crime in another nation and serves a time, you know, for us, it's not even the books. It doesn't even exist." He said, "But you know, for special situations, you know, we have other things we have to do." Yeah, and I looked at him. And I was like, what? I knew exactly what he just said. Yeah. You know? And then he, you know, I guess he thought I didn't understand German voice. So he started speaking the same thing slower. You know, in normal situation, you know, he did the whole thing again to me. And there it became clear to me that they were talking about putting me back in prison. Right. They were going to put me back in prison over here. Mm. And there it became also, also very clear to me, uh, you know, a, f- a switch flipped in my head became very clear to me that I'm not going back to prison here. I said, that will not be. 
okay, you know, and didn't let anything show on my face. I didn't want to let anything show on my face, you know, because I was like in a very terrible, terrible situation here. He went back in there and I turned back around and just like, you know, in a daze looked at this, looked at this map on the wall and I already made a decision. I made a decision. I said, I'm getting out of here. I said, I'm leaving this, I'm leaving this place. And I looked at this map and I tried to orient myself, but it was a strange map. You know, it wasn't like a real normal map, but I couldn't, I couldn't orient myself on this map. I was like, I cannot orient myself on this map. And I looked to my right and there was a big windows there. And I was like, the only thing I see is, you know, where the, where the planes are landing. You know, I don't see anything. It's a huge, huge airport. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus. You know, and I looked, I looked at the room and I was like, you know, I knew I was in a very, very bad situation. And as I as I was thinking this, you know, the door came up. The door came open, and like seven or eight other guards came in. There were policemen, you know, border police came in, and everybody walked in, looked over my way, looked to see where I was, and kept them going. Yeah, which was a very strong indicator they were there for me. You know, they were there because of me. And uh, yeah, I was staying over there. You have to understand, it was like fifteen years out of getting. I was just so happy. I was like, I can't believe it. I'm staying here in normal clothing, and yeah. everything's very, you know. And and they just kind of like poured water on the whole fire, and the fire was gone. Yeah, you know? and, and everything inside of me just like went <laughs> fell. You know, and I made a I made a decision. Yeah, I made a decision. Yeah, I knew. You know, on the Frankfurt airport, this was going to be my final resting place. I knew mm. I was going to die. I knew I was going to die there that day. Mm. You know what it is? I looked over. I looked over to all the all the. Uh, all these officers standing over there, young guys, relatively young guys. I looked over at every single one of them. Looked, you know, I checked out where the weapons were, left, right. You know, what kind of what kind of violent potential they had. You know, yeah. and and That's and uh, yeah, you know, I really didn't know. I just wondered. I looked over at him. You know, I looked back at him. I wondered. I wonder which one of those is going to go home tonight and tell his mom or his, his new young wife, "Hey, I killed a guy. I, I shot and killed a guy today." You know, I started looking at this thing really fighting fighting with emotions inside you know and i and i let a couple little prayers up you know to god to my mom and my, and my grandmother those three very important important beings in my life you know i said you know yeah this is this is not the way this was supposed to you know go you know this is not what i wanted you know i didn't want to be in the news again i don't want to be any of that I, you know if i want to be in the news i want to be in there for good things i didn't want to be in for something like this i said but just no i said this is a you know, road i can't travel again i said i cannot travel this again and, uh, you know, and I pretty much cut off, you know, completely cut off with life there. I realized Frankfurt, Frankfurt Airport is where I was going to be shot dead. You know, I'm standing there, you know, and all of a sudden I hear a voice, and I know this voice, you know, Rick. And I, and oh, I, I, I turn, yeah, I turned around, and there's standing my uncle with an older, with an older police guy. You know, they're both about like in their 50s, and, and they're much older than all these other younger guys. And, and he said, look, let's go back here and talk a minute. You know, and I was, I was totally whacked out and weirded out. I was like, you know, like in a trance. I was like, you know, because I'm, I'm already prepared for, you know, yeah. like in the penitentiary, like we did in the penitentiary. So yeah. many times I, you know, I had accepted, you know, I'm, I'm going to die on this tier. This is, this is it. You know? And, uh, you know, and I went back there and, and, the, and the guy just looked at me. He said, look, man, he said, um, explain to me what happened. Explain what happened. And I told him, I said, look, I said, I was 18, blah, blah. I was, you know. Went on a bad road, this and this and that, you know, killed a guy. I wish I could go back and change it, but I can't. The only thing I could do is look forward, you know, live my life now in such a way that shows that I regret what I did back then. I said, it's the only thing I can do. I said, uh, I said, I think we're all sometimes in a position where we look back upon our lives and see these ashes that are left over from a situation and wish we could bring it back. I said, yeah, I'm the same way. And I said, you yeah, know, but I can't, you know, and he looked at me, 
looked down a little bit, thought about it. He said, okay, sign here. I was like, okay, I signed there. He said, you're free. I was like, totally whacked. It was, a, it was such a crazy situation, Jimmy. Yeah, I went out. You know when you know when my family I went out and greeted my grandmother, my cousin, my and two of my uncles then. And I said, I agree. They found out about this situation when my book came out. I didn't wow. I never I never told them anything about it. Wow. They just knew that I was really weird when it came out. You know, yeah. I heard my grandmother and I was like, yeah. hey, and I was like really weird. Hey, you know, and yeah. I was like just kind of a little bit spaced out again, you know, and and uh yeah, that was my that was my first two hours in, in freedom. Hey. <laughs> That was intense, man. <laughs> it was very, it was very intense. Yeah, That's intense right um, now because I, yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. you know, you know, I know. That's why that's, I told it to you because I know. Man, you know that's intense, man. I mean, you just I mean, cut you off made, with everything. You made a decision. Yeah, yeah. and this is yeah. this is your decision. Yeah, but the yeah. one important word that you said, the one important statement that you said, I made my prayers to God. I very, prayed. very important. And yeah. that prayer is so powerful. It was, brother, there's been so many times I get over my life, and I've written about it in my books where, you know, where like people read them, they're like, no, that didn't happen. I'm like, it really did. Yeah. It really happened like that. Yeah. You know, it was like, you know, when I look back, I'm like, okay, God intervened there. Yeah. There's no other explanation here. No I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what else to say here because, you know, the thing about it is, Jimmy, is, that, you know, when you have coincidences, when you have two coincidences, okay, they're coincidences. When you have four coincidences, you're like, wait a minute. Okay, but when they become like twenty incident coincidences, you know, it's mathematically impossible that it's still a coincidence. Yeah, it's mathematically impossible, and that's the way it was. Man, it was a really very strange powerful yeah. testimony, brother. Powerful. Yeah. That's right. He's given us a lot of talent. He's given us a lot of. He's given us intellect. He's given us a heart. He's given us experience that we that we're able to draw upon and you know and, and create life's lessons for other people. You know, lift them up. You know, a lot of people, you know, when they look at me, they're just like, okay, when I hear your story, I just feel better about myself because I'm, you know, I've never been to prison. And, you know, I'm like, good. That's, you know, that's good. You know, if it helps you in that way, wonderful. I just, you know, the only thing I want, I want you to go one level higher. I want you to go one level above where you are right now. Yeah. You know, and I think uh, you and I and people like us, we have an obligation and we're fulfilling it. You know, that's why we're sitting here talking. <laughs> brother. Hey, thank you for sharing, brother. I'll tell you, it's, uh, it, like I say again, man, I, I'll reiterate, it, it's an honor to share the space with you, man, because mm. we, we both have testimonies. We can go on and on talking about how good God has been for us in our lives. Absolutely. And and Absolutely. we are we are recipients of, of blessings from God. And, and and I tell I tell people, you know, I'm a humble servant. Exactly. Exactly. Humble mm. servant. And I'm just thankful to be able to be in the position that I'm in. Mm. And man, it's chopping it up with you, man. It's wonderful, Jimmy. How yeah, how was like how was like the first years for you? How did you deal with it? How, it was a tough. I'll say, as far as getting uh, in a position to have resources and healthcare and things of that sort, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get that because yeah. I came home as an exoneree, and yeah. for some reason, exonerees were a little. It's a little different, you know. There's certain programs and things aligned for individuals that have came home. As uh, as as convicted convicted uh, felons that were yeah. convicted and, and, and released pro appropriately, yeah. yeah. a lot of resources to, to be able to fall back on. Yeah. I was an exoneree, mm. and uh, I didn't know about the different innocence project. I didn't know about the, the resource centers for the innocence projects. I went through. I, okay. I tried to get every innocence project throughout the United States, Canada, mm. and Germany. 
and, and mm. this is the crazy part. Germany's Innocence Project contacted me back right before I made it in the federal court in the year of 20, 2012, 2012. Wow. Germany, Germany, matter of fact, 2013, 2013. Germany contacted me back and they were interested in probably coming in and giving me some assistance. Interesting. Wow. And I'll talk, I went through all, I went through so many instance projects in the United as far as me being able to, bad, yeah. to, to to just continue on a positive level, I, I, I did it. I tell you, I pr- I prayed and asked God to bless me with the microphone, and and if, <laughs> look, look, look. <laughs> I, I, I I prayed and asked God, please bless me with with the microphone. Please bless me with the ability to be a yeah. voice for the voiceless. Let me yeah. share my testimony. Let yeah, me yeah. Be able to speak, and yeah. and I tell you. I came home my first year and I had promised God back in the mid 90s, about 94, 95, 95, that when I did get the opportunity, the first year I was going to be speaking, I was going to speak no charge. I did. Yep. I did yep. that from, from the end of 2016 to the end of 2017. No charge. Mm-hmm. And people would give me maybe $250 over here, $25. Yeah. They would give me, you know, just. Just little honorariums or, or people be like, well, here, Mr. Gardner, we know you just came home. Here you go. Thank you for speaking to the church or speaking to the, to the students. So, you know, Wonderful. Then I started my business in 2017 at, at probably November, December 2017, uh, J.C. Gardner Speaks. And that's when I that's my LLC. And uh, that's when I started getting paid. But uh, I tell you, I, every step of the way was wonderful. Wow. Even if I didn't have money. I had more than enough. I, I've never been in a situation since I've been home where I needed. Wow. That's what I say. I keep on saying we went through this. It was a trial. It was tribulations. Yeah. We were tested. We were, we, were, we were trained. We, yeah. were built, we were built up from inside out. Yeah. You know, and, and we have this for reasons. It's like, it's like, it's a, it's like a soldier being t- you know, trained to the upper levels and then he goes into retirement what yeah, what you know you don't go into retirement that's when you no. start using these things that you got that's right, you know? that's right. And i think and i think it's what you know that's that's our like i said that's our duty rick i want to thank you for joining in on with me today god Much love brother how would they be able to to find you uh if they want to find you for email or facebook or instagram what's your, um, what's your media uh, uh site well i mean i gotta I have a website I mean, it has an internet it has a uh, has a uh, web mailer on it uh, the mm-hmm. website is www.richardhowdershell, uh, one word, dot com. And you can send me an email there. You know, it'll go at info at richard, uh, richardhowdershell.com. And I'm on Facebook as well, Richard G. Howdershell. Uh, they can contact me there. And keep doing that great work, man. And keep sharing your testimony. It's powerful, brother. Powerful. Thank you, brother. Love you, man. And, and thanks to all the, all the viewers. You know, love all of you. Do the right thing. Live your life right. Thank you. Thank you so much, brother. Y'all take care. Peace. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Chopping It Up with Jimmy C, where we celebrate life after wrongful conviction. Remember, you get to define your life. No one else. Also, don't forget to like and share our Facebook page. Sign up for our alerts so you don't miss our show. That's it. We out. Peace. One love.